Hey y'all, this is Justin Mitchell from the Sun-Herald in Biloxi, Mississippi, and this is Out Here in America. Every other week, we're talking to members of the LGBTQ community across the country about their lives. Today, we've got a coming-of-age story about a teenager named Jordan Blosser. He just graduated from Pass Christian High School, which would be remarkable enough considering Jordan is just 16 years old. But it's even more amazing because we believe he's the first openly trans student ever to graduate from the quaint public school on the Mississippi coast. He says it was the support of his mother, Susie Blosser, who's a chemistry teacher at Pass High, and his dad, Marshall Blosser, that made him believe he could speak his truth and live his authentic life. Growing up, my mom tried to make sure that I was always being true to myself. And then I hit eighth grade and I just kept lying to myself. And that has to be a hard thing to come to grips with because yeah. middle school sucks anyway. Middle school does suck. I mean, it sucked. Soon, Jordan will start college in Kentucky. We caught up with Jordan and Marshall at a beachside park in Pascrishan to talk about ageism in the LGBTQ community, unexpected allies in public education, and how two high schools just 15 miles apart could drastically affect the success of a trans teen in the Deep South. It's a little more known now that people can be gay as young as like 15, but people still don't understand being trans. Stick around on Out Here in America. I love the beach, and I'm going to landlocked Kentucky. So when I come down during the summers between college, I'm definitely going to be like, let's go to the beach. I don't even care about the brown water. It's just such a relaxing feeling, and it's yeah. hard to think about not being close to water, I guess. Yeah, that's going to be hard for me. Another thing I'm going to miss is I'm not sure how many Waffle Houses there are around Kentucky, because my uncle lives in California. And there are no travesty. Waffle Houses. Travesty. You need to look it up because that's very important. Because it's always open. I always feel so welcome there too. Yeah, they're no like, oh, hey. <sighs> Two in Richmond. Waffle Houses. I will take the drive to get to the Waffle House. Because <laughs> Bria is just outside of Lexington. I mean, it's not super close to home, but if you wanted to drive home, yeah. I mean, to see your parents, yeah. of course. The only part that I almost cried on was when I went upstairs in my high school because my mom's a chemistry teacher where I go to where it work. At Pass High? Yes. Um, so she had a box of tissues in her hand. She was ready. She was ready. <laughs> and then I started hugging her and then there was just kind of a blockade around my mom because a lot of the GSA kids love my mom and call her mom. So. Well that's pretty awesome to have that support at school. I know it's really important. Yeah. I don't know what I'd do if I wasn't at pass, honestly. Did you have a bad experience somewhere else? Um, when I went to Gulfport High, there was a bigger group of people like me and out, but there was also a bigger group of people who were against us and were very vocal about that. So while I had relatively more support, I had double the amount of hate, and it was not fun. I don't know how they are now, because it's been three years since I've been there. But when I was there, it wasn't the most accepting place. Did that factor into you leaving Gulfport and moving um, to a new school? A little bit. 
A lot of me leaving Gulfport was the fact that I was suffering from an eating disorder at the time, and I did not want to go to school and compare myself to everybody else. I would rather stay home and be sick than go to school and see everybody else be happy. It was a rough time for me because I was suffering from depression, the eating disorder, my anxiety was the worst it's ever been. I would throw up from the feeling of having to go to school because the anxiety was that bad. And so I talked with my mom and she agreed that it would be best for me to take a break and get away from it all. So I was homeschooled for the last semester or nine weeks of ninth grade. And then after that, I went to Pass High. How were you feeling the first day of school at Pass High? I was very scared. At the time, I was not the best with meeting new people. I was very shy and I would stutter over my words a lot. So it terrified me to go to a new school with people I've never met and when I didn't know if they would accept me or not. But as it happens, one of my friends from Gulfport, one of my closest friends who has always supported me, was also moving to Pass High. So I had someone there to kind of have as a rock while I ventured out and made new friends, and I was okay. When you went to Pass High, did you identify yourself as, hi, I'm Jordan, and I use the he pronoun? Yes, it was about a month after I got to Pass High. I felt like I was comfortable, and I felt like if I were to come out that I wouldn't get as bad a reaction as I would have at Gulfport. So I told my friends that I wanted to go by he, him, and Jordan, and they were completely accepting of it. Some of them, it did take a while to get used to it, but as of right now, um, everybody calls me Jordan, even people who don't know me or accept that I'm transitioning will call me Jordan. I went to high school at Hancock, so very rural, and a lot of the people were super country, and I was not out in high school. I was not brave enough to say, hey, I'm gay. And there was only one other gay person in my four years there who I knew of. I mean, it was just not something that was there. And it was 11 years ago, but you know, people still would call me names and I would adamantly deny it because I think I was kind of scared because it, it was a place then that just wasn't accepting at all. And I think now it's a little different, which is refreshing, but it, it's so strange for me to think that, you know, you go to, the, to this school that's still in Mississippi, but it's 20 miles from your old school and it's a totally different experience. Yeah. I think that kind of has to do with, at Pass High, everybody knows everybody, and half the people are related. <laughs> there are about 50 Lanier's and 50 Ladner's, and I don't know how many Ditos, but it was a little scary going into a place like that as a new kid, but once they realize that you're a friend, they will treat you like family and like they've known you for their whole life, even if they've only known you for a year. And I think that's what made me comfortable to come out there. I mean, for my GSA, our treasurer is the like senior president and he's straight, but he's the treasurer for the GSA. And I just find that cool. I don't like that people think that GSA is just for gay people. Yes, it was created by mainly gay people, 
but it's not just for us. It's for allies who want to show their support too. And I think that's important to know. It's important here. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really important here. Because a lot of people think that if they go to a GSA meeting, people will think they're gay and that they will be gay, which is, that's not how that works. No, absolutely not. People will find any excuse, even if it's a completely bonkers one, to explain why I'm the way I am. And the reason cannot be because this is who I am. The weirdest thing I have heard about an explanation for me being trans is, I kid you not, my mother ate too much chicken when she was pregnant with me, and that is why I am trans. Someone told you that? Yes. No. Where does that come from? It's barely pseudoscience. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, the, 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 since they started putting all these hormones in the chicken. Oh, God. Yeah. That's what it was. It's like, a genetically modified chicken. Because they can't just accept you. They can't just accept the fact that I am. There has to be a reason. It has to be something that nature has done wrong. It must be nice living in your little black and white Aussie and Harriet world. Personally, I like my things in color because you can see more of the beauty of the world in color than in your black and white world. I, I just don't, I don't get it. Jordan, how old were you when you kind of felt like you were different? Uh, 12? Yeah, I was 12 because I was 12 in eighth grade. I had started going through puberty, which was, to uh, put it lightly, hell. Everybody would like comment on how different I was from seventh grade to eighth grade. Because in seventh grade, I looked like a boy. I had kind of short hair because I had cut it. I had a flat chest. I wore pretty much exclusively boys' clothes. And then over the summer between seventh grade and eighth grade, like everything changed. My hair grew. Things enlarged and I hated it. And everybody would comment like, oh, you're so girly, you're so feminine now. And I felt like I had to fit that role. And I did not like having to fit that role. It made me feel like I was being untrue to myself. My closest friends could tell that something was wrong, but they just couldn't tell what. And it took me a while to accept the fact that I wasn't just feeling off about my body because the change had happened so fast. It was something deeper than the fact that I just didn't like my chest. I don't, but it's more than that. So when you told your parents that you were trans, how did they react? Uh, they, they thought it was a phase at first. Um, when I first came out, they were shocked because they didn't see any signs at that point. But looking back on it, they see the signs now. <laughs> um, and it, it was rough. It, I'm not gonna lie, it was rough. My parents felt like they were losing their little girl and that I was changing completely as a person, which isn't what happens. I was just changing who they perceived me as and what gender they perceived me as. And it, w it was hard for them because I came out at 14 or 15. It took a few months for them to accept the fact that I was who I said I was and this wasn't just a phase. Um, my mom came around first because we had this long talk on the way to school, I believe, in the car, and we just kind of talked about it. And then after that, my dad came around, and since then, they've been my biggest supporters. 
It's something about car rides. I, swear, I told my mom when I was in a car. Yeah, it's something about the fact that if they get upset and they try to lash out at you, they'll crash the car, so they kind of have to focus on one thing while also talking to you. And us as kids, we know these things. We know this, like, if we're talking in the car, you can't get too mad at us or else you'll crash. And you can't go anywhere. Yeah. You, you can't leave, you can't, you can't ignore you it. You can't, you have to sit there and talk. It's an intense 30 minutes. It is an intense 30 minutes and it's very scary because sometimes you feel like they're going to crash the car, but they don't, usually. But did you feel better when you opened the I, car I, door? I did feel better, I felt like. I had been able to let her know that it wasn't just a phase, that I had been feeling like I didn't belong in this body since eighth grade, and it was sophomore year, so it was, it was a while. And she finally came around, and for my 16th birthday, she got me a new binder, but before then, she had actually gone online and found a trans man who had just had top surgery, and got me a secondhand binder and while it was secondhand and like it didn't work as well it still it was the thought that counted because we had at the time very little money to spend on extra things but she went out of her way to find a binder for me and it it made me really happy something that she probably knows nothing about yeah it is the little things I still get really excited when I go to my parents' house. My mom says, well, where's Alex, my partner? And we both work two jobs, so it's crazy, so he's not with me a lot. But, you know, I, I was always worried that, you know, when I came out, which my mom was super supportive from the get-go, but you never really know. My family's super Catholic, so, I mean, there's there was that weighing on the back of my mind, and I had felt like I was being someone I wasn't at home, because at college I was openly gay, but at home I still hadn't really told anybody except for very close friends. And I had a really good, strong support system, and I wasn't planning on coming out the day that I came out. We were just in the car. <laughs> We'd actually gone to the cemetery to put flowers on my grandpa's grave, I think. My mom was like really emotional, and we kind of got into a fight, and then I, the tears flew, and then I was like, well, I'm gay. <laughs> and she was just kind of like, I know. <laughs> so My mom. I, I actually came out to her three times about three different sexualities. But when I first came out to her, she's like, I know. This was eighth grade when I came out to her as bisexual. And then in ninth grade, I came out as lesbian because at the time I had only dated girls and I was still not out about being trans. And then when I hit sophomore year, I came out as pan. And I've stuck with that. <laughs> but that's kind of why they felt like the trans thing was a phase, because I had come out as three different sexualities. But that's part of a whole journey, finding your sexuality. Was it harder to come out as trans? Yes. My mom has never, at any point, said anything bad about being gay. She has, all my life, been very adamant that being straight is not being normal. It's just what everybody perceives as normal. So it wasn't as scary coming out as not straight that it was to come out as trans because I hadn't heard her talk about being trans ever. So I had no background. I was just like, this could go either very well or very bad. Did you ever worry about safety because of where we live? Yes, I have. That's why at school I still use the female bathroom because I don't feel safe using the male bathroom. While I don't expect something to happen, there's always a possibility that it might, and I don't want to risk that. 
especially since I've only been on testosterone since August. So I have only recently begun to pass normally as a male. So it was just safer for me to be in the female restroom unless I'm in a place where there's a single stall restroom, then it doesn't matter. Nobody's gonna see you. I was actually, I was speaking at Equality Fest about my transition and about who I was. And there was this church barbecue happening right next to the park where we were. It was a Baptist church, a Southern Baptist church. And I was scared because let's be honest, the South is not known for its kindness towards gay and trans people. But the people there were actually very kind and accepting and that made me happy. But I, sometimes I do fear that when I go outside or when I go to Waffle House or something, that somebody is going to come up to me and yell at me or try and assault me because of who I am. I still, when I see people look at me a certain way and you just kind of, it's like I know what you're thinking yeah. about me. And, you know, it's a lot easier being a gay white man in Mississippi than it is being a trans man in Mississippi because, you know, these people don't understand what you've gone through. I don't even understand what you've gone through. You know, I've never had those feelings. And, and I think that people who aren't trans will never know what it's like, especially doing it so young like you have. Yeah, it, it is kind of rough doing it young because people will tell you, oh, it's just a phase. You're too young to know. But I ask them, how does your two-year-old cis child know who they are if I don't? People know who they are, and you need to accept people and support them because one day they'll find who they are and they want to know that you have their back no matter what. It's really hard to come out then hear someone say, oh, it's just a phase, you'll grow out of it. I am ignorant when it comes to this, so what was it like taking testosterone? Um, it can be a little scary because you're poking yourself with a sharp implement which goes against everything you want to do. And then you have to sit there and inject this liquid that is the consistency of oil into your stomach or butt or thigh or wherever you're injecting it. And it doesn't hurt. It can just be uncomfortable and very scary, especially the first few times you do it. Because when I first got my testosterone, and when I took my first dose, I took my first dose myself in the doctor's office. They didn't do it for me. They're like, here's how to do it, now do it. And it, it was kind of scary, but you get used to it. I'm just glad I don't have to inject myself with the needle I take this testosterone out of. Because you have to use two needles, one that's 25 gauge and one that's 18 gauge. The 18 gauge one is terrifying because it's about this long and that big around. No, absolutely not. <laughs> you use that to draw out the testosterone and then you switch needles to a 25 gauge, which is only about that long. And it looks like a pin, like a pin needle. And that does not hurt. You barely feel it. But it is weird because after you've been on testosterone for a while and you've kept using the same spot, I inject in my stomach. There's one side of my stomach that has this is gonna be a little TMI, but it's got like more hair than the other side. <laughs> so it's very weird. I've gotta start injecting on this side. 
because... To balance the hair out. To balance it out, because it just looks weird now. I never, ever even thought of that. Yeah, you don't think about the fact that there's this one spot in your body that gets pure testosterone, and it's freaky when you notice it. And you're staying in the South for college. Yeah. What made you decide about this school? Tell me everything. (laughs) Okay, so Berea, the college I'm going to, it's a very diverse school and it's very accepting. I visited this college in March because one of my classmates had told me about this liberal arts college that had no tuition. If you got accepted, you did not have to pay. And the only drawback was it's in Kentucky. But I was really interested, so I looked it up. And they seemed so accepting and diverse that I just had to visit and see what the college was like for myself. And so in March, I went up with my mom and it was amazing. Normally, when you visit a college, you don't get put in a house. We were put in a, what they called Sturt Cottage. It it was a giant house. And they gave us meal vouchers for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then we went on a tour. And on that tour, I saw a banner for Berea College. And in the lower left-hand corner, it was small, but there was a pride flag. And it made me, very happy, Um, and I found out that for upperclassmen, they actually had transgender dorms. Yeah. In Kentucky? In Kentucky. That is. And I asked my tour guide where would they put me, and my tour guide didn't know. So after the tour, we kind of hung around the libraries because there are five, five libraries. And when our tour guide brought us back to where we were staying, She actually said that she had asked her supervisor where I would be as a trans man, and they would put me in the male dorms. But the fact that my tour guide didn't just brush off my question because she didn't know it, she went back and she asked. It just felt like I was being accepted and that I wasn't going to be swept under the rug because of who I was. Are you worried about being in Kentucky outside of Berea? Mm, A little bit but seeing as I would rarely like go far from campus by myself, I'm not that type of person. I don't feel as scared because I would be in a group. And while it is not unheard of to be attacked in a group, it is much less likely. The fact that they have trans dorms in general just speaks volumes to me. They were one of the first uh, colleges actually to be racially and gender inclusive in the South. What are the things that you're gonna miss most about home in Mississippi when you leave for college? My parents, my friends, because none of my friends are going anywhere near where I'm going, and the beach. How do you think your mom's going to react the first week you're gone? Oh, there's gonna be tears, there's gonna be a call every day. How are you doing? How's school? How's lunch? Have you eaten? Have you done your homework? How's everybody doing? Is everybody nice? Do you like your roommate? Is your dorm nice? Is your dorm cold? Are you cold? Do you need a blanket? Do you need food? Do you need coffee? 50 questions. My mom cried for a month every day, and I was just in Hattiesburg an hour away from home, and I came home every other weekend, and she still cried every day for a month. I don't, my mom's going to be in tears for the first two months I'm gone, honestly, because... I go in with my mom every day for school, 
we drive in together because we go to the same school. And I'm not even gone yet, and she's crying because she's going in by herself in the mornings. I mean, I'm gonna cry too, but it's even worse with how young I am because she expected, when I went to school, she expected me to be 18 and graduating, and she expected to have two years more with me, which is not the case. I'm only 16, and she has to let her baby go off to college, and that makes her sad. When I was 16, I couldn't even go down the street without wrecking my car, so. <laughs> I'm a good driver, most of the time. Are you super proud to be walking across the stage in two days as the first trans graduate? I am. I'm not sure if I am the first trans graduate, but I know I'm the first trans graduate that's as out as I am. And I'm very proud of myself. I was able to maintain a high GPA. I'm in the top third of my class. I'm going to college with a full ride tuition. And I'm doing well in my life. And in ninth grade at this point, I didn't think I was going to survive ninth grade, but now I'm thriving and I'm proud of what I've been able to accomplish. Do you ever think you'll come back to Mississippi? Um, I'm not sure. I know I'm definitely going to come back and visit my parents and my friends, but I don't know where I'm going to end up after college because I know I want to go to law school, but after law school, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen between now and then. I don't know where I'm gonna be. I may not come back, I may. We'll just see where it goes. Thanks to Jordan and Marshall Blosser for sitting down with me, and Amanda McCoy and Davin Coburn for producing Out Here in America. We'll be back in two weeks with more stories like this. But in the meantime, subscribe to Out Here in America on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorite shows. Leave us a review. And we'll see y'all soon on Out Here in America.